And today I'm talking to Kevin Dundon, the very well-known chef proprietor of Dunbrody House Hotel and Restaurant in County Wexford. And good morning, Kevin. How are you? Very good. And yourself? I'm great, thank you. Kevin, you've done so many things and you're such a well-known face on RTE television. But I'd love to know your own story. Would you like to take me through that? How did the Kevin story, Kevin Dundon story start? <laughs> it started really from a very young age that uh, food has always been a really important part of my... My mother's an excellent cook. My grandfather's very passionate about food. And uh, from there, uh, I was very interested in horses. <laughs> I used to <laughs> ride out horses all the time and then so I thought I'd have a career in horses. Sure, yeah. Our architecture and uh, and then kind of settled on cooking. And I guess when, when you look at architecture and cooking, it's kind of similar because you're creating two great things uh, to get a great result at the end. Uh, so from there, uh, I ended up uh, working in in uh, a restaurant called the Schoolhouse Restaurant in Swords and uh, it's a really good restaurant and uh, I ended up going to college so Dublin College of Catering in, oh, yes. uh, in Dublin DIT in Carbridge Carbridge Street yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so I did a day release course so I was there for three years one day a week and uh, I got a scholarship from there from the Irish government actually gave me a scholarship to go to Switzerland oh, fabulous. Uh, for, for one year <laughs> what, actually, what actually happened was is that uh, uh, I've always wanted to travel, and I think that's what's great about the hospitality industry and chefing is that you can travel the world, and, and you're, you know, there's a huge demand for chefs all over the world. So it's a great career in that respect. So there, there was a cruise line came into Dublin and a recruitment company, and they were looking for uh, chefs, uh, but you needed to be 21, and I was 18. Oh my goodness! Time. Yeah, early. Yeah. So, so I went for the interview purely as as a research <laughs> exercise and they offered me the position even though I was 18 uh, to go on the largest sailing out in the world called Windstar Sales. Oh, fantastic. So I called uh, CERT at the time as well, it was called for Paul mm-hmm. Ireland mm-hmm. and um, the trip hadn't come through at that point so I took the job and I said well I'll take the job and then when the scholarship comes through I'll, I'll move on back to Switzerland. So I worked on the cruise lines for a good nine months, nearly a year actually, and then I went to Switzerland and I worked in Zurich in a restaurant called Mercatrine and uh, worked there for a year and that was that was an exceptional experience, it was fantastic. Uh, didn't have a word of German, so I had to yeah. learn, on, learn on the hoof. I was just going to ask you about that, yeah, how did you communicate with me? <laughs> very, ba- very badly. Uh, <laughs> I got there, got there, and uh, then when my contract was coming up, uh, was coming up, I applied for three jobs, one in South Africa to the Southern Sun Hotels in South Africa, and one in uh, Australia, and one in Canada. And I was uh, I was offered all three jobs, jobs which was fantastic, but it kind of gave me a bit of a dilemma. And I chose Canada because it was harder to get a visa to go to Canada uh-huh. than South Africa or Australia. And I got the Australian company, which is it was the Hyatt Hotel Group, uh, to hold my job for a year. Yes. <laughs> and I went to Canada, 
and uh, I went to the Rockies and I worked for Fairmont Hotels. Oh, indeed. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so from, from there, uh, and I think it would have happened if I went to Australia or South Africa. My career just kind of took off because I was out of training and I ended up being the youngest executive chef for Fairmont Hotels at the age of 26 or something. A terrific uh, achievement, and especially Fairmont, I mean, really top of the range there, five star all the yeah, way. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so I met my wife Cash when we were when we were seventeen in Dublin, and uh, so it was kind of on and off. And I was traveling, Cash was traveling, and we always kind of seemed to get back together again. So Cash decided that she was going to move to Canada, and uh, with the premises of trying to get me to move home. So it was really, <laughs> <laughs> there was always a cunning plan there. So uh, we got married in 1994 and we came home and got married in Ireland and we were going off on our honeymoon and to Portugal and I picked up a paper and uh, there was a job posted there for the executive chef job in the Shelburne and I had actually said to Catherine that I would only come back for three things and that would be the executive chef job in the Shelburne, Dromolan Castle or open my own country house hotel. So look as if fate, so, uh, fate was so, favouring you at that point. Then. Yes. So I had no choice but to apply for this job in the Shelburne. <laughs> so, so as we got off the plane from our honeymoon, uh -huh. my mother-in-law was there with a suit. And <laughs> so I changed in the airport and went straight to the Shelburne for an interview uh, because we were flying back to Canada the next morning. My goodness. And, uh, so I met Donald Gallagher, who was the general manager at the time. Uh -huh. And uh, he said... Uh, uh, we had a great chat and he said, can you come back in the morning for a second interview with the food and beverage director? So, which I did on en, en route to the airport and uh, I didn't like the food and beverage director at, at all. And uh, and uh, so I, I said to Cash, I said, this, isn't a, this is not a goer. So we, came, we went back to Canada mm -hmm. and I was working away and then Donald called me about four days later and I said, uh, are you interested in the job? And I said, well, not really, because I couldn't work with that food and beverage director. And he said, nor could I, so he no longer worked there. So he said, <laughs> but can you, can you come back and have a meeting with the director of North uh, of Europe uh, for food and beverage? Uh, so I flew back on my days off and I got the position. And we moved back, which was brilliant because the Sherpa moved Castro myself back to Dublin. And I worked in the Sherpa from... October uh, 94 till uh, first uh, or, or January of 97 and it was a great way of introducing me back into Ireland getting getting to know all the producers suppliers was really important to me and kind of get back into the culture of working and living in Ireland and one day I was working doing a split shift so I was in the morning then I'd take a couple of hours off in the afternoon and I was walking walking up Dawson Street by Jackson Stop and McCabe window and they had like all these uh, large country houses for sale in the window and we 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 had bought a house a small house in Ballsbridge uh, and the prices in Dublin had started going up but they hadn't really started to go up in the country so I looked at, at, at um, different country houses and I said this is doable because we could sell our house in Dublin and buy this and then we could have our dream, well, my dream, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to Cashman. I said, well, what, what do you think of this? And she, she was interested and because um, Cashman was uh, was export marketing manager for Boy, Boyne Valley Foods. Oh, 
So both of us had two great jobs in, mm -hmm. in Dublin. And we were young, so we were only like 29, that sort of age. And uh, so we started looking, browsing at different country houses, and we came across Dumbrody House. And as soon as Cash and myself walked into Dumbrody House, we couldn't look at each other because we just knew it was perfect in every description. Although the house itself was closed for 15 years, mm -hmm. um, we uh, we just got a sense that it was the right thing for us and our future. So that was kind of the start of Dumbrody. So we went to the bank and the bank gave us the money. <laughs> Every thought, every every thought, we were mad, <laughs> and uh, because we had two superb jobs in Dublin, we could do whatever we wanted. We had a really nice house in Dublin, and, and mm -hmm. we were kind of set up. But you know, it's it's probably the best thing that both Cash and myself did. Although, like over the years, we're there twenty five years now. Like we've had our ups and downs, and between recessions, and you know, and marriage, like there's always been that, yeah. something, mm -hmm. something going on. But I think that's what makes every year interesting, particularly when you've got your own business. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an amazing team. Um, yeah, that's kind of well, that's, story. That is fantastic because you've told me your story and actually you've told me the story of the beginning of Dunbrody House itself, which is something else I was going to ask you about anyway. And in that time, that 25-year period, Kevin, you've done so much. I mean... You know, obviously, I've been looking up your website and, you know, researching a little bit to talk to you today. And I just am absolutely astounded by the number of things that you have on the go. And I've, I've actually been to the hotel um, many years ago. My husband and myself took a rundown. And, of course, right. we had a bit of trouble finding you initially because you're <laughs> nestled down there in the Hook Peninsula. And, you know, it's it's really, it's quite a journey to get to you. But my goodness, it's so worth it when you do. And we actually had a cookery lesson in the cookery school, not with yourself, but with the person who at the time was your head chef. So, oh, excellent. So I, I do know the beauty of the place. And uh, obviously you've expanded considerably on that even since I was there, which as I say, was some time ago. I can't remember. It might have been 10 years ago or so. And... Um, for instance, in addition to your fine dining offering, I know you now have more casual, uh, your seafood bar as well. And yeah, so we, we've got um, we've three food offerings in Dunbrody. So you have mm. the Harvest Room, which is kind of our flagship, if you want to call it that. But it's mm. kind of a different style of cuisine. Okay. It's kind of mm -hmm. what's been harvested from, from the garden and from the sea and uh, the land. And then you have the Dunn the Champagne and Seafood Bar, which is kind of like more casual. Uh, seafood offering in in the hotel and then we have on the grounds of Dunbrody we, we have a place called the local right which is which is kind of like a, a, a kind of it's it's in an old coach house so it's kind of oh. really casual and relaxed and that offers more of a bistro style food so there's, there's great offerings for people that when they're coming coming down to uh, to Dunbrody and this year we've just we've just put in we just did a, a full refurbishment of the whole place um which is really good and i think that's it's nice when people arrive in Dunbrody now so the cookery school that you would have been in yes is now turned into kevin's studio so i do a two o'clock live every day on instagram and facebook and um guests are saying the hotel can pop in and sit in on that two o'clock live every day oh terrific uh, yeah that's a great and then we have the 
new cuckoo school is behind that, which is more of a hands-on cuckoo school, mm-hmm. and that that does one day, two day, and five day courses, which is which is great, very popular. What kind um, of courses do you offer, Kevin, in the cookery school? So, like the two day course is probably is the one that I really like because it's like dinner parties for six. So, oh. so what you would actually learn, you would learn how to do um, four dinner parties uh, over the two days, and you can mix and match them, and then you have a great uh, scope to cook for your friends and family when you go home. Mm-hmm. It's really good. The five day master class is, is really good if you want to get more in depth into each subject. So there'll be one day full on bakery, bakery, another day on fish, mm-hmm. another day on meat, another day on desserts. So you kind of you, you get more in mm-hmm. depth. I think what's great about our course, well, this is my opinion, of course, but <laughs> well, yes, I think it's they're small, so it's a maximum of ten people, so it's very much one on one. So there's no, you can be at any level and you'll get something out of it. So I mean, that's what you're, you, we hold your hands all the way through, and very hands on as well to you know, the practical very hands on, which is yeah, exactly. You so know, because we've it. all been places where you know you're kind of lectured at and people do the demo and all that, but. I think if you don't get the flour in your own hands, you don't really, you know, pick up what you need to be yeah, doing. Yeah, because, well, particularly with if you're dealing with bread or pastry or something like that, because it is kind mm. of the touch and the feel to mm-hmm. know when it's right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of, that's important. But like Dumbrody is just like, Dumbrody has been a really interesting part of our lives. A, our three children, uh, Emily, Sophie and Tom were born there, uh, grew up and uh, and now two of them are in university and one's still in school. Uh, but that's really, it's a really family, it's a real family home and okay. family mm-hmm. business. Uh, but I think how the television kind of came about was, it was actually through Dunbrody. So we were there and, and uh, a film crew came down to do a travel show. Oh, and I nice. okay. never any idea, I never even crossed my mind about doing TV. Uh, and uh, they asked me would I step in and stand beside the host and cook something and just chat and mm-hmm. I did that and they offered me my own TV show from that oh super was that uh, <laughs> RTE or was that no the Americans no it, the Americans? it was it was America so that, well it was the TV show it kind of went all over all over the world they, they made it and it's kind of sold it across all the territories across the world but it was uh, so that was kind of my first dabble at it and then then I did quite a bit of TV in London uh, on BBC, so Saturday, Saturday Kitchen, Kitchen yeah. uh, and then also um, I did a TV series in Northern Ireland called Get Stuffed, and then another <laughs> <laughs> and then another TV uh, series called Poker, so, uh, TV Poker or Food Poker, Food Poker, and uh, in the UK. So, and then I wrote my first book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, full on Irish, and there, there was a, a, a great uh, achievement through my eyes. I never thought for a million years I'd ever write a book. I remember writing a book, and it's, it's I, I love this book, the, the Full on Irish, because it kind of gives an insight of what who Kevin Dunnan is and and, and what Dunbrody is about and our whole ethos. And the title and, of that uh, book is is uh, Full on Irish. Full on Irish. Thank you. And then. Uh, I remember when the first coffee came into the hotel, I actually slept with it that night. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I called up, called up my duvet with my book. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, some, and then I, I think I've got seven books now. So, mm-hmm. and which is uh, which is great. It's it, listen, it's superb. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's nice to have diversity in your life, and I think there's no two days in my life that are the same. Mm-hmm. And you know, so between you know, doing radio infused television. Uh, writing and we, we do a, a weekly column in the Sunday World every week, so that's so there's quite a bit of time commitment involved Indeed, in yeah. getting all this stuff done. Mm-hmm. But as they say, as they say, always ask a busy person to get something done because it gets done. Well, and then seems and to then be. The, the brand ambassador role that I have with Super Value has been with I've been with Super Value for the last sixteen years. And it's a great partnership. And I travel all over Ireland for super value and food development and stuff like that, which is kind of, a, it's an interesting um, part of my life and I enjoy working with them immensely, so. Yes, and great products coming out of it as well for us, the consumers too, it's great, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, and like, I mean, our uh, the Kevin Dunn Christmas cake and Christmas pudding is a I see them just coming into so. the shops actually at the moment as we're, we're they're coming. Yeah, yeah, I know it's Christmas time <laughs> again. So. Yeah. but but it's uh, but those recipes are actually um, the Christmas pudding and cake are actually my great grandmother's recipes. Oh, so my they've goodness. come through. Yeah, so they've come through, and and we use a great small bakery in Carlo, Sealy Bakery, and I go down when when they're actually making making the batch of puddings and stir about sunday you do yeah it's so full of <laughs> butter and full of goodness it's not, oh, it's not good absolutely delicious they are too so yeah. um kevin just when we're talking about that you know development of new products and so on what would you see as kind of the major trends in irish food at the moment it's it's interesting. It's, it's, food is is a really interesting thing. It seems to do with a full three sixty. I think we're all so much more conscious about what we're actually putting into our bodies, uh, and we're we're uh, we're certainly back in season, as in what's best in season. Again, so we got we went through a period uh, there through the Celtic Tiger and so on, is that we wanted to eat whatever we wanted to eat eat at any time of the year so whether it's like strawberries at christmas or asparagus <laughs> in, in november and you know the, the 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 problem with that is and and they are produced and they are but the flavor is not in them so it's like there's nothing nicer to eat a strawberry in the four weeks in july first week of august when the sun's hitting them and they're so sweet and delicious you need no sugar you just need cream and they're gorgeous and the same with them um, you know, with, with uh, you know, like during the summer summer months, uh, we should eat a lot more fish, and we do so fish mm-hmm. and salads because your your body doesn't actually need all, as much yeah. energy. Yeah. And then if you go, go to the winter months, it's it's a lot more, you know, slow cooking, uh, root vegetables, uh, and kind of release slow release carbs and stuff like that to give you the warmth and the energy. And I think, yeah. and and you know, people talk to me about diets all the time. And uh, you know what? What do you think is a good diet? The best diet out there is to eat in season because there's a reason why stuff is growing during the summer months that is lighter and you don't need as much, and there's stuff growing in the winter months that has got more energy, uh, slow energy release foods. And I think once once you stay within season, you should be fairly balanced in in your diet. That's 
really good advice and I'm sure a lot of us are thinking that way at the moment you know with the development of so many country farmers markets around the place where we can get seasonal vegetables and often organically grown vegetables that's been you know a tremendous uh, advantage for I suppose the Irish consumer there's loads of advantages to that so it's it's like A you're eating properly at the Mm. right time of year Mm -hmm. but B you're supporting local and you're supporting your local neighbour that's producing something Absolutely. which means that you're creating uh, mm-hmm. jobs and I think Ireland is actually made up of loads of small industries and that's the backbone of Ireland in terms of our economics as far as I'm concerned it's like you know six people working here and five people working there you know, 20 people or 30 people and I think they're the indigenous uh, companies of Ireland and particularly in the food industry and I think it's really important that we all uh, stand up and support uh, all local producers around Ireland think that's never you're, you're never been better. more true yeah sorry yeah yeah i'm just uh wanting to say to you we, we're going to have the tremendous benefit of uh, a prom- promotion that you're going to be doing for scarf gaa here in uh, a short space of time in about two weeks time and i'm just yeah. going to give that a plug at the moment uh it's Good. <laughs> Scarif GA Hall and Community Centre on Friday the 25th of November doors open at 6.45 and the demo actually starts at 8 o'clock tickets are 25 euro and included in that is a wine reception artisan food and as we're just talking about local craft stalls on the night tickets only to get in and they're available from any committee member of the GIA and Scarif or from Centra uh, Cavanagh's Butchers and carry out off license in Scarf. So, Kevin, as a little foretaste of that, pardon the pun, I'm wondering would you give us a little recipe that uh, we could use uh, from, for this morning's programme? Yeah, definitely. So, the, the whole uh, demonstration is, is, is how to create the perfect Christmas dinner. So That'll from, be there. <laughs> from yeah, from turkey, gravy, ham, and, and roast potatoes, uh, chocolate trifle. And a few more recipes but it's uh i guess for me one of the most important things on on christmas dinner is your roast potatoes and and even for every sunday roast so you, you just you need them crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside uh, crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside so the so the most important thing is that you i recommend you use a rooster potato so you peel your rooster potato cut them into the size that you want mm-hmm. put them into cold salted water bring it up to the boil and let them simmer for 10 minutes and then strain off the water put the lid back on the pot and put it back on the stove so you, you evaporate any liquid that's in the in the pot okay. and kind of give them a, sh- a shuffle so they get your knock in the side of the, the pan mm-hmm. and they kind of get all fluffy on the side of the pan and then and place place your roast potatoes around the joint of meat that you're cooking and then baste them in the oil i usually use a bit of goose fat right. and then they, they take about 45 minutes to cook and you need to turn them uh, halfway through the cooking and just a nice sprinkling of salt on the top of them and you'll have the most delicious roast potatoes you can imagine right. so uh, <laughs> but like the chocolate trifle is nice so it's normally in our house we need to have a fruit trifle and that's because my sister loves it so, <laughs> so there's always a chocolate thing we, we, yeah. we do a chocolate trifle because my my uh, wife Catherine loves chocolate so mm-hmm. i know lots of people that love chocolate That'd be right there um, yeah just yeah so just do a lovely uh chocolate. so think of a black forest gatto in a bowl mm. is basically kind of what it is 
and it's set and it just gets better as the days go on and you can just dip into the fridge and take a small little bite for yourself and run away it's christmas after all so <laughs> That's a good idea. So we're looking forward to getting a, a bit more on those recipes uh, on the 25th of November in Scarif yeah. GIA Hall and Community Centre. And I've just one sort of trick question, if you like, at the end, Kevin. Mm-hmm. If you were cast away on a desert island, what would be your must-have ingredient? Uh, this is a no-brainer. Butter. Ah, well, sure enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very Give me a bit of butter, I can cook anything. So. Oh, lovely. Okay, well, I'd really like to thank you for giving us so much time this morning and telling us your story, the story of Don Brody, and looking forward very much to seeing you on the 25th and also just to wish you continued success uh, to yourself and Catherine and your family in Don Brody, the heart of your business enterprise. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much, Patricia.